What's up, everybody? Can't believe it. Episode 61. This thing just keeps going, but absolutely loving what I do. It's uh, really cool to see how this podcast has evolved from day one. I know I say it a lot. It's just amazing. Uh, This podcast has become a testimony to see what I'm made of, to see how far I could take something all by myself. So I am so happy that you guys keep tuning in. We're doing this thing together. You guys have been listening since day one, and I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, For all the new listeners out there, you know, I, I took this thing from my kitchen with a microphone, and now I'm interviewing celebrities. I'm interviewing UFC fighters, bare knuckle fighters, comedians, just, and then everyday real people, business owners, people that have interesting stories to tell and share. Uh, I love success stories. I love about hearing people that were down and out and they came back and did something amazing with their lives, you know? So uh, anything that I could, any kind of content at all I could put out there and the kind of guests that I want to put out there all the time have positive, inspiring stories from all walks of life. So for you guys and girls that listen to the show, Anything that at all that you want to hear, just let me know. Reach out to me, best way, DM me on the gram, and just let me know who you want to hear, what you want to hear, and I'll make it happen. I'll personally make that happen for you. Doing giveaways a lot. Every episode, we're giving something away. On this episode right here, episode 61 is brought to you by Hemp Boca for all of your CBD oil needs. It's amazing for pain. I take it myself to have this really amazing, uh, they call it an anointing oil. Uh, it's something that you could just rub on your body. It smells really good. Kind of smells like Christmas time to me. And uh, it, it really works. I mean, I literally have no more pain in my shoulder. That's just an amazing, amazing product. And it's the real deal. So check it out. Um, um Also doing a giveaway uh, this week on this particular episode. I'm going to let you guys know on social media what exactly I'm going to do for the giveaway. Uh, you're going to get a free uh, bottle of this CBD oil from Hempboca. So um, I'll let you guys know how to participate in that. And this episode is one of my favorites yet. This is with actor, director, writer, producer William DeMeo. For those of you who don't know William DeMeo is, you're going to know very soon who this gentleman is. Uh, he's actually from my neighborhood in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, where I grew up. He's about 10 or 12 years older than me, so he was in the generation right before I came up. Uh, but William has made a wonderful life for himself. Uh, he's been in The Sopranos. Uh, he was a star of the movie Back in the Day, which is on Netflix. He co-stars with Bruce Willis in First Kill, which is on Netflix. He's um, He was actually uh, co-starred in the recently released Gotti film with John Travolta. William played Sammy Gravano. William is very talented. Uh, he's an up-and-coming actor. He's really making a very big name for himself already. Uh, he's very well-liked in the industry. And I know why, because I spoke to this guy on the phone a few times, and he's nothing but a gentleman, just a kind guy, somebody that, with all the success that he's had, he's very, very down-to-earth, and that's hard to come by these days. So uh, it has been my absolute pleasure to talk to him and interview him for 30 minutes, Um He's got a new TV show he's working on called Gravesend, uh, which takes place in Brooklyn in the 1980s. So it's a little bit of soprano style with the mob going on. It's going to be really exciting. Williams, for our Florida listeners, William will be down in Florida November 1st to the 3rd. 
uh, for the Little Italy Feast, which will be taking place in Jupiter. So uh, go online and check that out if you want to meet him. He's going to be there. I, I think he also will have his clothing brand with him, Brooklyn brand. It's really cool clothing. Um, so just a great overall episode, a great guy uh, to talk to. He had some really interesting stories about uh, his big break and how he's been able to be as successful as he is today. So I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, give me some feedback and please do me a favor. It really helps me grow the show. Like, share, and subscribe. You have no idea what that does for me. This will only allow me to grow the show bigger and grow the show better and have amazing guests just like William DeMeo on the podcast. So do me a favor, couple clicks, do the right thing. Much love, guys. Take care. Enjoy. Shut up and sit down. So you got your Brooklyn brand t-shirt on? Yeah, this one says Brooklyn Born 718. This is a pretty big, uh, one of our top sellers. It's a new design we did recently. And there's so many people all over the world that were born in Brooklyn. You know, there's so many people that come from Brooklyn. It's crazy all mm-hmm. over the place. 718, that was my area code growing up. I grew up in Bensonhurst on uh, Cropsey and Shore Parkway. So, yeah. uh that's great yeah. you know a lot of the old timers tell me that it was uh it was originally 212 believe it or not oh before they made this because now manhattan's 212 yeah and they got the 347 cell phone the 917 so. yeah well the old timers tell me that it was at one point 212 hmm. so you grew up on uh were you around that you were said gravesend right yeah i grew up uh, West Street between you and Neck Road, which is Gravesend, like borderline Bensonhurst. Right. Yeah, I had some friends from Gravesend. Uh, I used to, I went to St. Mary's uh, Elementary School over on 86th Street, and I think it's like 86th and actually 85th and 23rd Avenue or something like that. It was a yeah. while ago. Yeah, well, when we used to cruise 86th Street, we used to pass there. Um, when we came around, we would pass that. That church is still there. Yeah, I think it's St. Peter's now. St. Mary, no, St. Mary's is still St. Mary's. I think the one on on, I think it's still St. Mary's, buddy. I, I don't think they changed the name. They mm-hmm. might, they did. Maybe, maybe you know mm-hmm. something. I thought it was still St. Mary. Yeah, my my uh, uncle's daughter goes there, and they, uh, oh. they ch- it's like St. Peter's or something now. Yeah, a little okay. different. So you were born and raised uh, in Gravesend? Yes. Nice. So you did the whole 86th Street thing. So you're you're a little older than me. I'm 36. What was it like growing up uh, in Brooklyn during, during your time? Because I think your time was a little cooler than my time. I mean, well, you know, I'm a little older than you, and the people that are older than me tell me that that was the cooler time. Um, but I could tell you that, you know, I caught a good portion of the real old school feel of Brooklyn. You couldn't walk, you know, every block you walked on, you knew 20 people on every block. You said hello to 
you know, 20 people on, on every block that you walk down. There was kids hanging out everywhere. It was, uh, it was a great time. It was so, it was such a great place to grow up because uh, your social media was right on your, was, was right on your stoop. Mm. You walked out of your door and you sat on your stoop and there was, you were hanging out with 20 kids. So mm -hmm. it, that was your social media. You didn't, people had more personality, more uh, people skills, uh, people, if you wanted to meet a girl, you had to walk up to her and say hello to her, not, you know, DM her or <laughs> message her or be on a dating site. You had to have the courage to walk up to her and say, hi, how are you? Because that was the only way it was going to happen. And then Brooklyn girls will slap you in the mouth if they don't like you. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the one thing about, about, you know, the way things have changed now. You know, if a girl from the neighborhood didn't want to go out with you or hang out or anything like that, she let you know it. So True. there's no... Um, you know, different than it is today. They didn't hold no punches in Brooklyn, that's for sure. Yeah, and they don't uh, get offended too easily. It's true. It's that thick skin. New York yeah. is different. You know, I've been down in Florida 19 years, and I could tell, you know, the difference in uh, individuals, you know. Not saying anybody's bad down here. It's just different, you know. It's that, yeah. Uh, so what was, like, your favorite memories growing up in Bensonhurst? Well, I have so many, but uh, the thing that, that I that I kind of really love about it, like when I write my stories and stuff like that, was I just love the fact that like, just even just walking around and just seeing the cars drive by with the stereos and just the, the, the rims coming with the, uh, you know, the Jubilees, the tinted <laughs> windows, just like you could be walking down the street and the cool cars would go by You'd be walking down the block, people are washing their car, everyone's getting ready to go out. It was just, you know, just driving under the L, just seeing yeah. thousands of people from everywhere hanging out. It was, uh, you know, those memories are, will always stay in my head, uh, you know, and even just like as a kid playing two-hand touch in the street, playing mm -hmm. wiffle ball, playing stoop ball, playing stickball like just all of that was like you know you couldn't wait to like you, you when you got home from school you were like out the door like you just you know you didn't want to you know now the kid like it's crazy because you know you drive through brooklyn i mean there's still people around but it's like people it, they're not sitting outside they're not hanging out because they're all on their computer True. nobody's nobody's like interacting it's crazy. And you know yeah. what's funny? What's funny is is that I had a meeting in in Borough Park about two years ago. I went into Borough Park, the Hasidic Jew neighborhood. And since there, those kids can't watch TV and stuff like that. So I was amazed how old school feel that was. I went down the street, I had a meeting, and I, and I remember I parked my car, and I was like, and I'm walking down the street, and I see kids on scooters, kids hanging out, you know, with the yarmulkes on and stuff, but they were all, like, they were out, their parents were out, it was like, wow, it was like, you know. It's like a throwback. Yeah, because they can't, 
they can't go on that like they, in their religion they can't watch TV and stuff like mm -hmm. that so they're more interacting it was it was pretty interesting to to see that you know like I said you know you hung out that was your social media your social mm -hmm. media was just hanging out with people and talking to people and and it, you know it, it was so so great and, and in mm -hmm. my opinion so much better than the way it is today. I agree with you. I, when I was growing up, uh, AOL started getting popular with the instant messaging probably when I was about 11, 12 years old. But before that, you know, even then, even when that started out, you know, that was just starting to go mainstream. But kids were still outside. They were still playing. They were still having a good time. We used to hang out at L&B, get pizza. It was clean. You know, it was nice. Uh, we, we had fun. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It is very different these days so you, you're you know you're a kid growing up in Bensonhurst Brooklyn what gets you involved in acting uh well they were doing a casting for a Bronx Tale my uncle knew someone who knew Robert De Niro and they kind of pretty much cast everyone but they were looking for like street kids and just you know neighborhood type and I went to uh a casting and and they'd already cast the principals but I had uh I got in there and, and I was supposed to be a stickball kid and, and uh, you know, I'll never forget as long as I lived there, you know, Robert De Niro came to the set, he was directing and uh, he picked three kids out of the group, he, he lined us up against the wall, there was probably about 30 of us and he picked me out, the first one that I picked, was the first one he picked was me and I'm a, I'm a kid and, and I'm in the next thing you know I'm in a hair and makeup trailer and I'm getting moved out to do a scene in the street where you know what you're you know picking up these girls in the opening scene and um they come in the convertible and it was like my first taste of like acting and just I'll never forget it it was just like the whole I knew like because I was kind of like not too sure really what I wanted to do and just being there that day and, and getting the rush of you know, being a principal, even though it was a small role, but just, you know, being directed by Robert De Niro, getting my SAG card on my first job. Wow. It was, I didn't even know what SAG was. They told me, <laughs> I forget, they're like, you know, you could join SAG. I'm like, what is SAG? You, go, you don't realize what just happened for you. You, you get this, you get, you're getting a contract to join SAG. I was like, wow, this is off the charts. I didn't know what it was, like I said. And, uh, you know, then I did Hackers right after that. With Angelina Jolie, I did New York Undercover. And mm. I started getting, like, small parts and TV shows and mm. stuff like that. And then, you know, I decided that it that I wanted to write and produce. And and then it just, I got more involved in everything. And it just, you know, it's been an interesting ride and a lot of fun. A lot of, uh, a lot of ups and downs, as, mm. as most of us go through. But... Uh, I still think the best is yet to come. I agree with you. Uh, I I want to actually. I'm glad you said what you said. Everybody goes through these ups and downs. What was something that? And you don't have to get into 100% detail about it because what I really want to know is the mindset. Like, what is your mindset? Because acting is a very difficult industry to a break into. B get your sad card, and you got that right out the gate. But uh, you know, it's a very competitive industry. What is it like for you 
as far as constantly moving forward and motivating yourself to be successful what is the mindset that you have to do that well the thing is is that you know you could go a while without a job but the the thing that i always kept keep keep kept in my mind is the fact that uh the fact that every day is a day that you wake up that you could be a, a life-changing day you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying if you get you know if you have an agent and you wind up getting an, an audition for something that's you know every like any day you could get a call that could, it could be huge so you go through that like i always would say on the downtime like you know something's gonna break Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, like when I did analyze that. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I got that part. Gave me a, a real, really wind in my sail. Um, you have to really be confident and you have to really um, believe. I have a lot of faith in God mm. and I feel like uh, there's a God has a plan. So I kind of stay on course with that. When I was younger, I used to beat myself up over it. You know, if I wasn't working as much or if things weren't happening, I used to kind of, you know, get down about it. Now I just... I, I just know that, you know, more stuff is happening and, and you know, I'm, I'm more successful now, but I just, I just felt like that you have to really believe in yourself. The problem is for most actors is that they, you can't make, if they're not making money, what are they supposed to do? Right. They have to get a job. Right. And if you get a job, it's hard to get an audition because mm -hmm. you're, 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 you're on a job. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to between the writing and producing and everything to be able to maintain my freedom, making money that I could always uh, be able to. I'm always able to I was able to stay stick with it. Mm -hmm. And once you the good thing about it is once you get yourself more known and people know who you are and you get out there, it becomes easy. Mm -hmm. You know, people people know who you are, so you get in the door a little bit easier and stuff like that. But like, mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy because in in this industry, you have to have patience, and I'll mm -hmm. give you, and no one wants that patience, and it's understandable. Like, think about the biggest movies and the biggest people in the industry. Mm -hmm. So, like, think about a movie like The Irishman that's coming out. It was originally called We Paint Houses. You got Martin Scorsese, you got Robert De Niro, you got, Al got all these big names. That movie took over 10 years to get made. Wow. You think of a movie like um, the other Scorsese film, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Love that movie. It took over 10 years to get made. Wow. Uh, the Walking Dead, a show, was passed by every network for years so 
you just it, it, it's not something that like these people it just doesn't happen like this right you, know? you have to even the Gotti movie that I was in that that, that took years to get made there's a, a lot of major stuff mm. that sometimes t you know takes a little time so you know you just gotta try that patience it's hard mm -hmm. but you gotta stick with it and you know you, and you also people they 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 don't they move away and they expect it to happen like you gotta live where it's you gotta live in in in, in this in tri-state area to yeah. where you're gonna get a job right you can't 100%. live in, you can't live in alabama and, and like <laughs> expect to get a job the, the work right. New York and this is the thing that drives me crazy it's like they move like you, you move and then you expect to work like the auditions are in New York and LA like Correct. That's, that's where the jobs are mm -hmm. so if you move out of that what do you expect you know what I'm saying you have to like and you can't miss opportunity you know what I'm saying that's mm -hmm. the one thing that like coming up and through all these years like I didn't go on vacations like I really hardly ever went anywhere mm -hmm. every time I went someplace I get a call <laughs> or a meeting and it was yeah. like so it's tough you have to yeah. be on call you can't miss those opportunities so uh you just you just gotta have mm -hmm. a mind that and you have to really believe in yourself more than mm -hmm. anything i agree with you on that believing in yourself is big it really is i think that's the mental game like you said the way you described it you know always being there being in the right place taking the calls believing in yourself you know that the mind, it all starts in the mind. So, 100%. I agree. And then you brought up Gotti. Now, you've been in Bronx Tale, analyzed that, Sopranos, Gotti. You've been around, um, and you've done some amazing work. I've seen a lot of your work. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank uh, you. One of the things that I uh, actually wrote about you uh, earlier before we uh, started the show here was, uh, in my opinion, I think that in Hollywood, American movie history in general fell in love with Italian mob stories. It's a great, they're great stories to tell. Even if people that are not from the neighborhood that we're from, they may not understand it 100%, but the story is, is there, and people just are drawn to it. But I feel like, you know, in the 80s, the 90s, it was De Niro, Pacino, they were, you know, the number one and two. Uh, and I feel like I guess because of all the things that happened in the Italian mob, um, it's not that they ran out of stories because there's probably stories for the next 10,000 years on this earth that they could tell, but it feels like Hollywood took a little bit of a hiatus of the hardcore old school approach of all those old Italian mob movies and street films. Um, but when I watch you act, and because I'm, I, I'm a fan of yours, but when I watch you act, I really feel like it's it's the new era coming in now where you have actually have you know the distinct voice the the obviously the authenticity because you're from Brooklyn and you know your acting skills and I feel like if Hollywood is really gonna go gun-ho all over again with these mob movies and I hope that the Irishman is a film that kind of ignites it all over again I really think that you you are the flagship actor that should be in all of these headline mafia movies and street films and you know cop movies and stuff like that you, you you have it you know you really do so i really hope in your future that there's just more to come for you because i really feel like you're the guy now well i appreciate that very much buddy uh 
Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be that we uh, a few actors we were talking today about that how those parts don't come around as much as they used to. Uh, they go more. It seems like when they go to the street and they go to like the mob, they're going a little bit more Russian. They're going mm -hmm. a little bit more. Uh, Middle Eastern, or they're going. It seems like they're those roles that used to go to the Italian mob are going elsewhere. Yeah. I agree with what you said, but I I feel like it comes back. Uh, I have a series that I did, which and I say this humbly, that when it actually when the public gets to see it. They're going to be blown out of it. They're going to be blown away. Like, they're going to literally be... When the actual people like yourself, the public, sees this, they're going to be like, I'm bringing it back like you've never seen. And like you've never seen. You I know, can't wait. The Irishman is a $150 million movie with a lot of big names. It's an epic story. It's Martin Scorsese. You can't get bigger than that. And you have De Niro and Pesci and, and Harvey Keitel and Pacino. You have, you have like best. Uh, and that will probably bring more light to it. Uh, it's a very big budget movie. And, and, you know, Netflix is putting it out. And it'll probably win awards. Uh my series is a gritty story and it's exactly how it was in Brooklyn in the 80s. It's exactly nice. like it's it's so on point of how things were in Brooklyn and when that actually lands where it's supposed to, which we'll be announcing that soon, that's 100% happening, uh, then when the public gets to see it, we're going to do a ton of press and a ton of you know, interviews and that gets out there. I think it's going to really expand through people just recommending you have to see this because what you just said is what I think millions of people are waiting for. What you just said, you're not alone. There are people that want you know, The Sopranos was the biggest thing on television. And people, there's a thirst for that. Mm -hmm. And I I have that in my series. I have a series that shows what it was like, how it was, the music, the cars, the girl's boofy hair, yeah. the mafia, the street, the trains, the graffiti. There's so many angles, it's not even funny. You know, we could go on and on and on about all the angles, the beepers. Yeah. <laughs> playing in the street, the ice cream man, like yep, yep. pulling up Coney Island. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all in my series. The music, oh, wow. music is unbelievable. The music is, you know, we just finished our soundtrack and I'm literally blown away by the songs we were able to put in this in the show oh i can't wait you got any uh, old school freestyle in there yeah nice yeah nice yeah a lot of it a lot mm -hmm. of it because it's what people listen to yeah i'm giving it to you exactly the way it went down we got the vegas diner nice got lmb 
we have Coney Island, we have, you know, 86th Street, we have, you know, my character drives a, a Grand National, <laughs> uh, the Cadillacs, the Lincolns, yeah. the, the Feast of 18th Avenue is in oh, my nice. city. So it's all there. Wow. Well, uh, it's going to be incredible for people that have never seen Brooklyn before to see all this because I know everything that you're talking about. And it's so cool that you're going to bring this to, uh, to television, man. Yeah, I, really I can't even tell you how many people message me from all over the world and message me and, and tell me that they love that I bring that back because, like, you know, if you see my movie back in the day and... Loved it. You no, know, thank you. And Once Upon a Time in Brooklyn and Wannabes, like, we give you a lot of that that flavor that it seems to be gone. Like you just said, like, there's not many filmmakers that, that uh, make movies like this or TV anymore. It's, uh, it's so different. And I just felt like instead of making like a, a movie, I wanted to tell a story that could be, that could continue because you know, you grew up in our neighborhood. Like mm -hmm. there's a hundred stories to tell. Sure. So I could keep going. I could, I have 10 seasons in my head. That's but, awesome. Yeah. That's Thank great. You. I am very much so looking forward to it. Is there, uh, I mean, whatever you can, whatever details you can give me, is there a release date or I, network or? And actually discuss it at the moment because there's, yeah, there's a distribution deal already in place, but where we're going is, is still a little bit, um, up in the air, but it's, it, it's already like, you know, we, we just finished the post-production on what we've done already. So we have delivery ready for the project and you know even with that you know in the perfect world it would have came out a year ago mm -hmm. but you know and i kind of feel like that it got better as i progressed with it so everything happens for a reason i agree with you there brother 100 yeah. percent I'm definitely wishing you all the luck with that uh, project because I'm very excited about it. Did some reading on it. You got some big names uh, that are involved in it, and uh, I think that's really cool. And it seems like you got some authentic actors and actresses that are involved as well. And I heard you got some neighborhood people in, involved too, as extras and things like that. So this, you got all the authenticity. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, I I kind of went with people that you knew. You couldn't second guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thank so good. Yeah. And so what about Brooklyn brand? What made you start your own clothing brand? Because I think it's really cool, especially the 718. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was just, you know, what happened with that is, is that I was getting a lot of messages from people and people were asking me to... They were asking me to wear their clothes. Like a lot of people saying, uh, Will, could you wear my clothes? Like people were messaging me, people were asking me. Uh, and I was always the type that I'm, I'm a proud Brooklynite. And most people from Brooklyn are. Oh. Not all, but most people from Brooklyn are really proud. You know, like a, like a Spike Lee, for instance, how much Jay Z, like, like you always see them rocking Brooklyn stuff. Always. You know, I got my Brooklyn shirt on right now, brother. That's all. <laughs> yeah, so I, every time I was in a store and I seen something cool from Brooklyn, I, I, I was like, I have to buy this. 
And I just was thinking one day and I said, you know what? Why not start? You know, I'm getting all these interviews. I'm on talk shows all the time. Um, why not start my own uh, brand with the clothing? And to be honest with you, it really isn't about the brand itself. It's the person is the brand. Like Brooklyn brand, BB, mm-hmm. is like when you wear even our logo, it's like you're the brand. The person wearing the shirt's the brand. It's not the brand you're wearing. You're a Brooklyn mm-hmm. brand. You're a Brooklyn guy. You're a Brooklyn mm-hmm. girl. You're, you know, even if you're not from Brooklyn, but, you know, you have a Brooklyn personality or you just like the streets or you like the Brooklyn Bridge. Or, you know, you're from Kentucky, but you kind of like the Brooklyn feel. You know, it's, you feel like, you know, your brand, that's kind of what what it's all about, is the person, is the, is the brand. I'm Brooklyn, like, you know, I'm Brooklyn brand. Like, I'm a brand of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're sitting there, you're a brand of Brooklyn. You're Brooklyn, like, you know, I'm sure you live in Florida now, but I'm sure that when you go places, people can tell that you're from New York, you're from 100%. Brooklyn. 100%, all the time. Actually, I think it's stupid when people ask me where I'm from. <laughs> like, where are you from? I tell them Oklahoma. <laughs> be surprised how many people believe that, too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's a trip. I mean, living down here is cool. You know, Florida's a cool place. A lot of people from New York. A lot of Italians from New York, you know, Brooklyn. That are down here. We call it the Sixth Borough. That's a nickname down here in South Florida. So there's always something to do. You always run into people that either you knew from the neighborhood that you had no idea they were living here and you haven't seen them in a while or... Somebody knows somebody that knows a family member. You know, there's always something down here, so it's pretty cool. I know you're coming down here uh, November 1st to the 3rd for the Feast of Little Italy in Jupiter. Yeah. How did how'd that all happen? Uh, uh, this guy, Jerry Soma, uh, he reached out to me, likes, he le- likes my work, uh, and we were discussing, you know, the feast. He asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. I looked into it. My my good friend Tommy Romola is very close with Jerry. You know, big time Tommy blew up on social media. He's yes, a he did. celebrity himself. He's also part of my series and my documentary about cruising 86th Street. So Tommy was like, you know, Jerry's great. The feast is great. I talked to Jerry. I, I'm honored to be a grand marshal at the feast. Uh, like you said, there's so many people from Brooklyn in the area. Uh, I think we're going to do well with our with our clothing brand. I'm I'm looking forward to meeting so many people there and 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 signing autographs and talking to people. And you know, I always go to my boy uh, Steve Matarano's restaurant when I'm in Florida. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, me and Tommy, well, our boots are going to be side by side. Uh, I'm excited about it. I have a lot of friends that live in Florida. I just worked on a TV show called Paper Empire that was. Okay shot in florida a good portion of it so i i do my florida rounds i like florida it's a little hot for me like i couldn't do a summer there that's Uh, brutal yeah it's a little too much i'd almost take a winter i mean the winters here are brutal but i'd almost take a winter in new york over summer in florida because i hate the real heat um i love florida from like november to to like may but I don't know how you guys do August, you know, every day, July, August, you know, how you guys do that. Three showers a day, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild, man. 
I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm going to be out there uh, in the Jupiter Feast uh, November 2nd on Saturday. Great. So, yeah, I look forward to meeting you face-to-face. You coming with some friends? Are you coming with some people with you? Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to come with my cousin. Um, I'm going to come with uh, my dad. And I think some friends are going to be there, too. So it'll be a nice little crew. No, it's great. And and I I, I really appreciate this. And I think you're a great guy, buddy. And you you have heart. And you're, you know, I, I wish you nothing but, but the best in what you're doing. And, you know, you, you're, you're a guy from the neighborhood who's doing good things in a positive way. Because Thank a you. lot of people, the way we grew up, didn't go positive. They went street, complete street, and got in a lot of trouble. And, you know, you are one of the ones who has a good mindset and, you know, you're a proud guy from the neighborhood and and, uh, and I'm proud of you and I'm glad that you're doing your thing and keep going and I hope your show and everything that you're doing you I wish you nothing but the, the, the most success possible thank you so much man that, that means a lot coming from you brother it really does thank you no of course pal <laughs> of course yeah. so what's the plan for the rest of the night well right now I'm actually about to leave because I, I am I'm by my house in the Poconos right now and I'm um I have a, an event tonight at the casino with Vic DiBetetto. Love Vic. He was on my podcast, too. Yeah, so who's another Brooklynite. Yep. So I want to see Vic in like 10 minutes with a whole bunch of friends. I set, I set up this event for him at the casino near my house. Wonderful. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing him. There's another guy from our neighborhood who's done nothing but great things. So yeah, it's a lot of us. And, uh, you know, we got to stick together. You got that right, brother. We'll start a rap pack or something. Yeah. <laughs> Tell uh, Vic I said hello. He he knows. He's been on the show. Great, bro. And I, I can't wait to see to see uh when you you know, I can't wait to see it when it's all together. Uh I I again I I appreciate uh your time and thanks for reaching out to me and I look forward to seeing you and your family in uh next week. Thank you, brother. Feeling is mutual. Look forward to meeting you too. And enjoy your night tonight. Thank you. God bless, pal. God bless you too, man. Take care.